Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I'm your host, Hanan Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Empowered to Grow. This is your host, Hannah Nubash. Today, I have my beautiful friend, Dr. Luana Garcia Ozumala. <laughs> Hi, Luana. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, Luana is an impact development consultant, an experienced economist with a PhD in economics, experience over 20 countries and with portfolios talking about $500 million. She has a passion for empowering entrepreneurs, especially those with uh, within the African descent and of course, women. And that's how we connected, I believe. And uh, yeah, we're working on a secret project that will be announced very soon. And um, I'm, I'm like, I love how we connected. I love how we kind of found each other's interest very uh, uh, compatible one way or another. Yes, yes, definitely. No, and it was like an immediate connection, wasn't no. it? It was like, no. okay, it's as if we knew each other. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's what I love. <laughs> Luana, when, when we talk about being empowered to grow, and I use this phrase, and I asked you to come on the podcast, what does empowered to grow mean to you as a phrase? How does it resonate with you? Yeah, no, it, it resonates a lot with me, with my upbringing, uh, my, upbringing my background. Um, it, it, to me, the word empowerment, which is quite interesting that in develop in the development world at least the the company that i used to work for the bank that i was to work for people often um, had a, an issue with the word empowerment because as an ind- if you think of it as an indicator what does that mean you know like do, how do you measure it right yes. yeah. uh, but for me it has always been really clear that empowerment is you being able to have agency resilience and be able to really um, let's say control your future. In, in this, if we say we can control future, but that you can, you have agency to make decisions, and it's it's really not about uh, somebody else mm-hmm. influencing your future or making you know plans about your future. It's you making that uh, your choices. That's and, true. Um, yeah, and so empower to grow is essentially that, is making the right choices and walking the path that you have chosen for yourself on your purpose, on your um, on uh, what you believe in, right? And, you are, and, and that provides you with a platform to continuously impact yourself, your family and others. So, and, uh, so, so that's how it, it resonates a lot with uh, um, how I grew up. Uh, and um, it's, I, I love the phrase, I love the phrase you coined, so. Well, this, this, this is beautiful because as you said, this, um, it impacts how you choose to lead your life. Now you're Brazilian and you've decided that impact development is where you want to create your 
footprint, your mark. And this is what legacy you're leaving with the world. So as a person who's empowered to grow yourself and who is also empowering others, tell us a bit more about your story, please. Of course. Um, so I come from a city called Porto Alegre in mm -hmm. the south of Brazil. Uh, I'm 41 years old now. I'm married. I have a, a little son, three years old. Um, and I live in Doha, but where I come from, it's thousands of miles away. I grew up in an impoverished community, but I always tell people that I never consider myself poor, even though, of course, I was living in Brazil. There is something we call Islam, we call favelas, mm -hmm. and generally people live on top of the mountain at the the poorest, right? Yeah. And those who live on the edge of the mountain, on the borders, at the bottom of the mountain, are the not so poor. But mm -hmm. my family, from my dad's side and my mom's side, one lived at the bottom and the other one lived at the top. So I always grew up uh, navigating um, these uh, communities. And, um, and my background is of a family that my parents were... Uh, public employees, um, even though I came from that context, they empowered themselves through education, right? They were able to acquire higher education and, and instill in me and my twin brother that sense of without education, you won't be able to empower anybody else. Without economic empowerment, empowering you yourself, you won't be able to do it for others. So you need to do that for yourself first, right? So I grew up um, um, in, in a community that was very religious, both sides of the family, Christians. And so I grew up, you know, in the midst of church and leading uh, youth groups and, um, and, and really being um, involved in leadership in that context, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so later on uh, during my adolescence, my father discovered that internet was going to be the future. So he put <laughs> my brother and I in a polytechnic to learn about, you know, IT programming, etc. And I started my professional career in software development. So I was a tech. Okay. <laughs> and I worked for Hewlett-Packard. I was a project manager there. I used to travel a lot to the U.S. Um, I was leading projects and people in, in India, in Silicon Valley, etc. Very young. I, I actually had to be emancipated to open my company so that I could uh, provide services to uh, multinationals like HP. So I, I, technology has been the foundation that allowed me to empower myself because I was making money. It was, it was, it is still a booming sector, uh, but then um, 20 years ago, it was even um, uh, professionals in that area were even more sought after, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so after uh, going through IT and growing to a career where I worked for HP for about seven years, I was doing really well, but I still wasn't feeling fulfilled. I still felt, uh, and coming from a family also of activists, yes. uh, the black movement, uh, I always knew that I wanted to empower the black population in Brazil, um, you know, to just put money in the hands of black people, just because of the context where I grew up in, I saw so much disadvantage 
And I, I, I really want, I, I, I had, you know, instilled in me in my, by my family that about this issue of economic empowerment. So I went to, I, I got scholarship um, to uh, studied in Southampton uh, mm-hmm. in the UK. I did masters in uh, development economics. And before then, just so you know, I was in HP during the day, but he's studying economics in the night, right? Okay. Because it was something already that I, 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 I had envisioned. Um, and, and so I, after finishing my, my undergrad, um, I just said, okay, let me go do masters, did masters in development economics and economic policy. And then uh, met my husband there uh, and then we moved to Aberdeen, got another scholarship from the Scottish government to do um, econo- labor economics, where I looked at the issues of discrimination in the labor market. And after that, I was invited then to work at the Inter-American Development Bank, uh, did a career there. And, um, and it, was, it was fantastic. Uh, and it was really, I opened my eyes that I came from an activist background right mm-hmm. uh, when I was shouting on the streets you yeah. know and nothing was happening there you know and then I realized now I actually need to speak the language of economics I read an article when I was really young and mm-hmm. I just realized that their language I didn't understand their language of policy mm-hmm. of economics and I noticed mm-hmm. that their language is, was what politician and people in positions of power were using to defend whatever policies they wanted to defend. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to do economics. And then from economics, go and do international development. And then uh, today I am involved in private sector work, right? Startup development, then really much closer to the area of economic development, but through entrepreneurship. Uh, and uh, setting up funding structures and mm-hmm. and really just much closer to the private sector in that sense. But it is still one, uh, let's say, a line that has been common in all throughout the journey of my life was this desire to empower economically the black population and women. I love that. I love that. And and as you said, let me go to the source. Let me see how to influence from there, how to speak the same language, talk the same talk and walk the same walk. So I can take it and make it applicable in, um, in other areas. So, well, okay. So from where you stand now, from, from this uh, um, version of you today, what advice would you go uh, back and impart on your 19 year old self? Hmm. Yeah, I love I love that question because there is so much I've learned, right? And um, when I look at the Luana when she was 19, when she was just really entering HP, still just going into, let's say, just entering her career, right? Like just beginning her career and starting to empower economically herself, um, there was still a lot of um, what I called um, borrowed confidence. Mm -hmm. 
I like and that. <laughs> it wasn't really true confidence mm-hmm. on her, her identity, on her worth, on her values. It was really borrowed from, I, I am good at IT. I am good at programming. I am, you know, that was like using these different small achievements, which was big then, of course, those of achievements course. to instill in her a self of worthiness. Mm-hmm. That I, I, because when she was entering, HP is like, I am the only black woman. I'm the youngest in this team, and I'm the yeah. one leading projects. So it was always this. Um, um, uncertainty about should I yeah. really be here? You know, mm-hmm. Should, mm-hmm. am I gonna commit a mistake and not just it's gonna yeah. be for my career? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it was always this like walking in eggshells, yeah. And that's what I call this borrowed confidence, borrowed from the education, borrowed from what her parents told her that she's worthy, borrowed, you know, from so many people, which is. It was detrimental. There was no other source for that confidence other than all these other borrowed sources. But today I have full, um, uh, let's say, clarity that I don't need to borrow. You know, I have I love everything that. I need to succeed. And and I and even if I don't succeed, I, I'm not really yeah. my exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna learn something. Yeah. And I think one thing I would have taught her is that, you know, there you need to keep a balance that if you are not confident on something, you can definitely borrow it, you know, but if, but you have to learn to be confidence independent on whatever, you know, you can borrow from. So I think this is one big, big thing um, for me that I think I could have avoided um a lot of feelings of inadequacy i could have tried some things being a bit more risky with mm-hmm. things experienced more things you know so and and today i'm just like if i bring it on i don't have time to be overthinking things you yeah know? Yeah. yeah, but but that actually goes back to again, as you said, to our conditioning, to to yep. the lim- the the perceived limitations of what we can and can't do, or where we should go, or how far we can go. Yep. And I think as you grow older, you start realizing, hang on a second, these were all imposed. These were yeah. not actually real, but yeah. but at a point in time, you start embracing them as your reality. And that's what holds us back, especially at this age where we have the world to explore. We have the time and the space and the bandwidth to make all the, the wrong judgments <laughs> and exactly. to, to, to fix them, you know, but... Yeah. But I, I love this borrowed confidence concept. I'm, I'm going to borrow your borrowed confidence <laughs> Okay, so the other end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and from a time capsule, what would you like your 90-year-old self to thank you for today? Hmm. I think precisely that. Thank you for having been fearless about, I'm not saying I am fearless, but <laughs> it's something that I think my 90-year-old would tell me, just try a bit you know just be yourself 
Yeah. And don't, um, don't worry about anything about what other people think about, you know, just live your life, you know, and let others live theirs because that's yeah, something that's important sometimes we want to you know control situations and and you know help people not make their mistakes and, and sometimes we spend a lot of time worrying about other people right and not, not in influencing but it's like in helping them and and yeah. i i am a lot that as a as a cancer <laughs> you know <laughs> zodiac that i am it's like i am a mother you know like i want yeah. to help everybody you know and the nurturer and the caregiver exactly, and <laughs> exactly and help other people so i think my my 90 year old would you know perhaps um thank me for just um um really i mean just really living you know and oh i feel like you know doing whatever just try you know don't be afraid don't anticipate too much don't be you know this anticipation what is it what if it fails what if it's yeah. this what yeah. is that and and also not waste too much time with social media you know i think my nine-year-old will be like live life the real yeah. one you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you for going outside the parameters of technology. I mean, we depend on it, but thank you for yes, living outside. No, I'm not saying I like, I'll still be doing my, but it's just like, don't overdo it, yes. right? Do what is needed for, yeah. of course, for your business, for this and for professional life, but don't, you know. Don't be immersed um, in the metaverse that is coming up. <laughs> and don't miss in the opportunity of just looking around, yeah. you know. Yeah. Surroundings, be connected to the nature, be connected to your well-being, to your health, to your family and everything because of that. You know, don't, uh, you know, it's a very expensive trade-off. Yes. And, um, and I think that's maybe two things that she, <laughs> she would she think. Thank you. Yes. Well, that's amazing. So, Okay, our last question. You're standing on a stage, and I know you have, um, standing on a stage talking to tens of thousands of women, and the speech is about being empowered to grow. What would be that last message you leave them with? Mm, you caught me off guard. <laughs> but uh, on stage, I'm trying to imagine myself, but yeah. trying to put myself there. <laughs> on stage, talking to thousands of women, that would be scary. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, more confidence, you can do it. <laughs> um, what advice? I uh, one thing that I I think that um, that I would advise, particularly young women, mm -hmm. um, is is this the the, the these um, fears that we often um, have, you know, these fears of in inadequacy. And I think a lot about black women just because it's my reality and I, because yes. a lot of black women um, reach out to me, right? Mm -hmm. And to become a mentor, to, to just, you know, follow their trajectory, you know, hear them out, you know, give feedback about their ideas, 
and things like that. And, and one thing that um, they always ask me is um, when we see from your career that there were a few shifts that you've done in your career. You were in IT and you left everything to become a student. Like you were a manager and you left everything to become yeah. a student. Mm -hmm. Then you were in IDB, Inter-American Development Bank, which is like everybody will cut a hand and a <laughs> go there, be there and <laughs> yeah. you just left to open your company, you know, like, and, and in the moment of those key decisions that can make or break, it could have been a total mistake, right? Um, what made you feel confident enough, mm -hmm. right? Or made you decide for going for it, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's when I was like, okay, the conviction, of course, it's one thing that I cannot lend to you, right? I had the conviction that my place was not in an IT company, right? Mm -hmm. I knew and I believed that conviction. I, I listened to that conviction, like that thing telling me, waking me up every night and just like, you know, your intuition, your, your guts. Yeah. Like I listen, I listen to it. Right. Uh, and I didn't let the money speak louder because I was making money, you know, and I had to take care of some things as well with that money. Right. But I, I, my emphasis was the intuition. Right. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with the, with the second. So every moment of decision-making, I didn't let somebody else influence. I didn't even want to listen what people thought about that decision, which can be um, uh, not so wise because sometimes you, you have to reach out to people who are more mm -hmm. you know, experienced than you to seek for counsel and advice and everything. But um, my advice to these women who are listening to me is listen to your, listen to your gut listen to your into listening to your intu intuition and you can feel fear but don't let it paralyze you exactly right exactly. and if you are really not unsure and feel paralyzed seek counsel seek advice that's important yes. but uh, everybody have that intuition and you know it you know it in mm -hmm. your in mm -hmm. it, and don't overthink too much the negatives, what will happen if it didn't work out. Yeah. Give yeah. more weight to the positives, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so I think, yeah, it's, it's a long, let's say, story to, to say that I, my, my advice and, and, and why did I mention Black women is because in, in the society where I come from, um, we carry the weight of many family members, right? Yes, yes. We, particularly us who were able to acquire higher education, we are earning well, we made it, right? We made yeah. it. A lot of people look up to us for um, that support, you know, and yes. then sometimes that weighs heavily on our decisions. But we need to... Um, if we want to break through a ceiling and yeah. find the next level so that you can empower to grow and, and yeah. help even more those around you, you need to 
to listen to your to your gut and to your intuition and, and just go for it. I love that. And I love that. And and the story is very relatable. And I know we spoke about this and it's about these times where you're faced. Am I just, should I not, you're not necessarily settling, but you're just kind of making home in this place where, you know, there's a level up or a level different that you want to, you want to transition to. Let me play safe. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I make enough to take care of this situation, everything, but in your gut you know it's like this is not it this is yet. not it this yeah is not yet so i love that yeah. okay so where can our finders and viewers find you in virtual space and connect with you in virtual space oh great so so now i am the ceo and founder of dima consult development impact managers and advisors so you can find dima uh, at www.dima d-i-m-a consult.com um, you can also find me on linkedin luana ozemela on instagram lulu ozems on facebook luana garcia ozemela so <laughs> reach out and um, and I, I i today the focus my focus and um, with dima particularly is three pillars uh, right so the first one is to promote a more inclusive in diverse financial market. So I do, mm-hmm. we do a lot of advocacy. We sit on boards, we sit in committees that relate with regulators, with pri- big private companies, etc., to try to influence um, the financial uh, system. And we also set up fund structures and advise asset managers on setting up fund structures that um, apply gender lens and diversity mm-hmm. lens, right? So that. that their money can go towards closing gender gaps and closing uh, race and ethnic gaps, right? And and the third thing, we, we also do a lot of uh, training for um, large corporations that, that want to do a more effective diversity and inclusion um, uh, policy and programs, etc. No, we, we help them leverage difference, not just manage diversity. It's like how do they really um, grow their own business and their bottom line by leveraging diversity, no, uh, and, and leveraging different uh, the differences that we see in the labor force. So, so yeah, today these are the areas, and if anyone is interested in any of those areas or collaborating or receiving even you know mentoring access just reach out to me sounds good well i i think you you said it best that it's not just about recognizing what is there recognizing the the uh, the the gaps and trying to fill it in but it's actually trying to make it cohesive and more of synergy and capitalizing on it to realize that this is actually a benefit rather than um, a a drawback or a challenge or a setback or something. And um, I'm going to sum up by saying thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your energy. And I loved our conversation. Um, And for all of you, I think it's um, follow your gut understand that again i think we've been saying this over and over again in so many different ways there there is a tax there is a price 
you will pay to have your own choices independently of how you have been conditioned, where you have been raised. We all know that, yes, there could be a toll there. There could be a weight that could be weighing you down for some time, but there will be an, a window of opportunity where you have the chance to drop your anchors and start sailing forward to another harbor, to another city, to another chapter of your life, and just make sure you are ready emotionally and mentally to be able to take that journey. So as always, I wish you love, abundance, and prosperity, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.